I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. This is Live Mike. We, in this week before Super Tuesday, are going to, from time to time, look at the different uh, aspects of this race and uh, keep you informed on what the candidates are up to, uh, both directly, what we hear them saying, as well as what they do uh, on their websites and through their supporters. And uh, on that topic... I have invited a reporter from uh, Vox to the program, Gabby Del Valle. She, a few weeks ago, put out uh, an article which reads, uh, What the 2020 Candidates Merch Says About Their Campaigns. This is kind of one of my uh, go-to topics. I enjoy uh, every presidential cycle seeing how the candidates use their their stores. If you go to every candidate's website on there, you're going to find where they are selling uh, T-shirts and signs and buttons, the typical things you might predict. But then uh, it gets a, a little strange. In fact, there are, is it Elizabeth Warren is selling billionaire tears? Uh, Amy Klobuchar, uh, her home being a, a cold and snowy place, she's selling ice scrapers. Anyway, onto the program today, we have invited uh, Gabby Del Valle. Uh, Gabby, how are you? I'm good, Lee. How are you? I'm not doing too badly. Uh, tell me, what have you learned, or what did you learn putting together this article here? Um, I learned a few things. I've learned that none of the candidates are above having, you know, really weird merch. One thing that I found out after I published the story, unfortunately, was that Amy Klobuchar also sells a hot dish towel um, for oh. her hot dish recipe. Um, <laughs> and, and you know, I think the candidates just use their merch to as another kind of like a small billboard for who they are or who they want people to think that they are, more importantly. Is it effective or is it just cute? Um, I think it, d- it depends. I, I don't know how exactly to measure whether it's effective, but I know that, in, like, it, I don't know if people are going to be swayed by looking at the merch, but I know that looking at it, you can get a pretty good sense of where their heads are at. Um, like Trump's merch, for example, is about everything from impeachment to kind of making fun of his opponents. Amy Klobuchar's merch is like, hey, I'm Midwestern. I'm from the Midwest. Look at me. I'm Midwestern. Um, and, you know, Mike Bloomberg's merch is kind of about, it's a little harder to read, but about impeachment, about climate change. Um, Elizabeth Warren's is about diversity, about, you know, taxes. So it, it's effective in that sense. 
I don't know if it actually sways anyone, though. One of the observations I made looking through uh, Mike Bloomberg's store is that while the majority of the candidates, they're selling things that promote their own brand, Bloomberg is very much anti-Trump, which is you know probably his brand and all. Uh, but uh, as I look now, here is a box of matches with uh, an angry face by President Trump with you're fired next to it. Uh, there's a button he's selling for $2.80. Oh, you get that's a two for one deal. Uh, <laughs> Mike Bloomberg selling. It's a there's a globe with then some cartoonish looking uh, hair on there, obviously depicting uh, President Trump. Uh, oh, here's another one. It says uh, "Doors, not walls." A T-shirt. It's unisex, uh, navy blue, twenty two twenty five. Uh, Mike Bloomberg <laughs> is selling. Uh, it's a it's a sideways American flag. Uh, the stripes look like the bars of the of the wall, and then a doorway with a single white star. Yeah, yeah, I think that says a lot about, you know, how the Bloomberg campaign is kind of positioning it as a race against Trump and not necessarily a race against the other Democratic candidates, which is really interesting. But he's not the only one to sell anti-Trump merch. I mean, Tom Steyer sells these buttons that say Trump is a fraud and a failure in all caps. It may be failure and a fraud. I forget the order. Um, and I think it was. Delaney, I, I think, let me check. One of the candidates who dropped out sold um, memory erasers. It was mm. like, so you can forget the last four years. Yeah, it was John Delaney. But, mm. but you're right. Bloomberg is really, really on the anti-Trump merch wave in a way that a lot of the other candidates, especially the front runners, aren't really. Yeah, uh, Joe Biden. It's uh, it's pretty much all. Oh no, he's here's one. It says, uh, and as, as I scroll through the Biden stuff, it uh, it's pretty slick stuff. There's a coffee mug that says "Cup of Joe." Uh, you get it, and then there's a, a T-shirt here that says "Release your tax returns or shut up." That's the only one I can see that's uh, that's likely targeted. Uh, at the president. Now, these efforts are not just to get uh, people wearing their swag. Uh, it's not just a, a, an opportunity to turn supporters into billboards, but it's also a fundraising mechanism. There are margins here, and these candidates can collect some of this money uh, as they as they receive these orders. Yeah, absolutely. The candidates, it's, it's weird because, like, they're supposed to say that they don't profit off of it, which is true. They're not pulling a profit, but anytime you order something, that counts as a donation to the campaign. And they have to disclose that in the same way that they would disclose any other kind of donation, um, which is really interesting because when I was doing my research for this piece, I found out that in 2008, the Obama campaign was selling merch as opposed to just giving it away. And it was really controversial at the time, the idea that a presidential candidate is taking donations in exchange for merch instead of just giving the merch away and taking donations on top of that. But by now, I mean... It's complete. It's a normal part. Of yeah, it. right. <laughs> it's it's a normal thing. Uh, well, yeah. listen, uh, Gabby Del Valle, I am grateful to you for your reporting. It's a fascinating little topic and a fun little distraction from uh, the, the the rhetoric that we see uh, delivered uh, night after night uh, to see what these candidates are selling their uh, cute, clever t shirts and buttons and coffee mugs and koozies and ice scrapers. And in the case of Elizabeth <laughs> Warren, uh, <laughs> the tears of billionaires. No, no, just a mug for the Tears of Billionaires. Oh, not, she's not, not selling it. She hasn't collected. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, no thank no. you. Just a mug <laughs> to collect the tears. Okay, she. Yeah. Uh, all right. Maybe in a, a forthcoming iteration of her website, she will have by then uh, collected the Tears of Billionaires. <laughs> we'll see if she stands. Yeah, sell uh, them in a, in a little vial. Yeah, yeah. It'd be adorable. Uh, anyway, uh, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for your work here, and good luck to you on the trail. All right. 
Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. So that's that. Uh, I can remember way back when, when uh, Doug Wright and I were working together, this was something that always fascinated us, what it was that the candidates were uh, selling and uh, how they were m- making money with merchandise and also how they were using supporters like you and me to, to turn into uh, essentially billboards. And a lot of it's pretty cool. And I know for a number of people, there's some collectible stuff to it, too. And uh, years and years down the road, uh, maybe your maybe your Elizabeth Warren uh, mug will be an interesting little keepsake akin to the I like Ike buttons or different things from uh, from our history's past with presidential candidates, campaigns, and their swag. Uh, you know what? Speaking of swag, let me... Oh, no! Producer Amy this morning came to me and said, hey, this is a perfect opportunity for us to play a piece of audio from The Office. And as I look for it now, it is not here. It was, of course, the episode where Michael Scott, the boss, uh, talks about swag, stuff we all get. That's my closest approximation to that little piece of audio. Uh, Producer A, maybe we'll get it for the next segment. How about that? Uh, listen, I, I want to tell you on, on a very serious note, the uh, memorial service for Kobe and Gianna Bryant does continue. Uh, and in the next segment or later on in the program, when we can find some time, I am going to play for you some of Michael Jordan's comments. Also, longtime teammate of Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, was just up uh, speaking. It was in the midst of my conversation with uh, Gabby Del Valle there. Uh, but I noticed that something he said got the entire crowd on their feet and laughing. So uh, one of the beautiful beautiful things that I have seen Shaq bring to the uh, you know the aftermath of the loss of Kobe Bryant is that uh, while he is absolutely heartbroken and devastated his sense of humor remains and he is still able to draw upon the positive memories and the funny memories uh, that he and Kobe shared during their years of great success together and beyond so next up we're going to continue looking at what is on deck for Super Tuesday uh, you know here in Utah We're one of those Super Tuesday states. We'll see what the candidates are doing to uh, entice Utah voters and beyond. That's next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless, and I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.